Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm your host, Dom, and this week I'm joined by David and John. So it was another crazy week in the NFL. Um, not much across the uh, college football landscape. So this is going to be a pretty NFL-centric episode. Um, as always, a lot of drama going in to this week, a lot of drama coming out of this week. We started to solidify some of the playoff picture, but especially in the AFC, there's still a lot of teams fighting for just a few playoff spots. Um, so moving into first down, what are some of the takeaways you guys had from this week? And uh, we'll start with John. Well, it's kind of ironic because he threw four interceptions, but I would still keep Baker unless unless you have somebody better to replace him in the offseason. Um, I just I, – I, I just I, I think the fact that let's say they go into the offseason, they get rid of Baker, they draft another rookie quarterback and start re, in rebuild mode. I just think that's just a big mistake. I mean, similar to the Browns are doing that like every year. Um, you know, they get a guy and like he might last a year or two, maybe three, and then they draft somebody else, and then it's just the, the same regurgitating process over and over and over again. So no, I would I would keep that's kind of what I took from it. Part of it, part of it, I took from la- this week and hopefully the foreseeable future, the hopefully not foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, I, I think we need to keep Baker until we can find till till and until we can find somebody better, or if we can find somebody better. I think it's just too premature to cast off the guy right now. Okay, David, what about you? Both Matt Stafford and Baker Mayfield both handed their the losses to their respective team. For example, Matt Stafford threw three interceptions, one touchdown for 197 yards. Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions, two touchdowns for 222 yards against teams where you can't mess up. You can't screw around because if you screw around, they're going to bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. And to kind of, to John's point a little bit, while I do agree in the sense that Baker has been a better quarterback than almost every other quarterback that they've drafted in the last few years. Uh, I, th- I think he is far and away. Yeah. Yeah. But I, well, who's, who's been better since like Kirk Bernie Kosar? Well, I mean, let, let's not kid ourselves. The bar is set real low. Like it's not hard mm. to be better than Deshaun Kaiser. You know, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, just because he's the best quarterback that we've had since Bernie Kosar doesn't mean that we need to give him a lifetime contract. Yeah, no, but that wasn't my point. Was that he hasn't earned his contract or a contract yeah. extension? So if he can come back and do a decent job next year, then yeah, I could see a contract extension, and they don't have to worry about that. But I wouldn't blame them if they did kind of like go out and free agency or redraft someone because the, the offensive line's there. The wide receivers are also there, as mm-hmm. well as the running backs. So I don't see it necessarily being a rebuild mode, just as taking a quarterback and inserting it into a system that would work for them. Okay. Well, I think my takeaway is that I think the Chiefs are back, and I think we we wrote them off a little too soon. Um, the the run that they've been on is just incredible. They absolutely dismantled the Steelers. 
this weekend and they won the division. They've won what seven in a row. And they're, they're looking like their old selves. They somehow figured out that defense that before this winning streak was on pace to be historically one of the worst defenses in the league, in league history. Um, mm. They remembered how to play defense and other guys are stepping up. I mean, you look at Travis Kelsey was out and this last week, Byron Pringle was their leading receiver. Derek Gore was, was number two and McCall Hardman stepped up, you know, Tyreek Hill only had two receptions and they still won 36 to 10. So I, I think, I think once again, they're the team to beat in the AFC and it sucks to say it because, you know, kind of want to see another team be good, but I think the AFC is going to be going through Kansas city. Again. Well, I think that the criticisms that we gave them early on was definitely worthwhile because they were absolutely trash with the defense. The offensive line was garbage for the longest time, which is why people put them off. But on the other side, it just took them a while to finally figure out a system that would work for their offense and for their defense that in other words, in any other system would be lackluster or trash. Yeah. So it just took them a while longer to figure it out. Right. Well, moving on to topic two of first down, um, as always, we all have one player that we're watching out for each week. Uh, what are some of the players or you know group of players that you guys are watching out for? We'll start with David on this one. Um, I'm looking at Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. The guy popped off against Baltimore. And, and I'm not saying this just because the guy's on my fantasy team. No. I really, <laughs> went, out. <laughs> uh, really went out and really played and uh, made the people who do have him on his fantasy team, on their fantasy teams, regret that they didn't start the guy. But I'm expecting him to do really well this week. Okay. All right, John, what about you? Um, I'm gonna go Big Ben. I think he, okay. I, he got he. I mean, he got annihilated by the Chiefs, and I, I, I think, I think the one of the the biggest reason I chose Big Ben was because he said multiple times before this is his last year, and it's. I think it's. I think Steelers are in third place right now. So this is a make or break. This is a make or break year for the Steelers. This is a make or break year for Big Ben. Um, this is his last year, last chance to win the Super Bowl. I don't think he'll. I mean, I, I don't know. If, I don't think he'll win the Super Bowl this year. But I think I think I could see Big Ben you know, putting up some big numbers on the Browns. But I still think the Steelers are beatable. But I, I think that because it's Big Ben is towards the end of his career and he's talking about retiring after this year. Um, these games, even though they're regular season games, are very much playoff-minded games for an NFL team. But I think for him, it's a little bit more than that because it's his most likely his last year and his last chance. So I think there's a little bit more added motivation. I think – I hate saying this because he's playing the Browns, but I, I think he's going to be motivated to do as well as he can. Okay, that makes sense. I think my player for this week is Trey Lance only because Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he's going to be out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed it the next two weeks uh, as the 49ers make their playoff push. They, they'll want him healthy for the playoffs. So this, these next two weeks, 
I think is going to be Trey Lance's time to shine and show what he can provide as the future quarterback of this franchise. I think he's got a perfect opportunity starting this week. I mean, they're going up against the Texans. It's going to be a, a pretty favorable matchup for him. And if they got all their weapons healthy, you got Debo Samuel. That's probably the best dual threat in the, in the game right now, what he can do as a receiver, but also as a runner, you got Elijah Mitchell that hopefully he's, he's healthy. I think he could be off to a good start and really give 49ers fans and that organization some hope for the future. Cause unfortunately I don't think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a long-term answer. Well, he's always hurt too. So that doesn't help. Either. He is always hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think this is going to be his, his time to shine and really solidify what everyone's expecting. And that's uh, the 49ers move on from Garoppolo in this offseason. But moving on to second down, um, the Patriots were off to a fantastic – well, they were off to a slow start in the season and then were on absolute fire for a good month, month and a half. They've looked to slow down a little bit. Did we overreact to how well they were playing a couple weeks ago or have they just hit like a little bit of a bad stretch? Uh, John, what do you think? Well, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like I very much underreacted. I think I just, I, I think I underrated them. I think they're doing a lot better. I mean, not a lot better. I think they've done significantly well because they have a rookie quarterback. And they're mm-hmm. in a pretty competitive division. They got Buffalo. I, I really thought Buffalo would have won the East. Now it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Who knows? We'll have to wait um, because a Buffalo can still win it. Miami is up there too. But I just, I really thought that, oh, it's a rookie quarterback. You know, they'll go nine and eight or eight and nine. And the fact that they're as doing as well as they are with a rookie quarterback, I think is impressive. I did not, like, before the season started, I did not see the Patriots doing as well as they are. Okay. All right. David, what do you think? I think that they surprised everyone with how well they're doing. And stuff like that, especially considering that they have a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm also not surprised because it's like what we pointed out earlier in the season. Mac Jones was basically given the keys to the Ferrari and he just needed to not crash the thing. Yeah. So that's He's all. He's done he a good job of it so far. As long as he didn't do that. It was like they were going to have a winning season regardless. I'm, I'm a little bit of a different opinion. Uh, I think I might may have overreacted. And granted, I, I think they're still a solid team. I think they're going to be forced to be reckoned with in the playoffs. But you look at how they started. They won. They were at 1.2 and 5. And then they won seven games in a row. And the, the way that they looked in those games, you look at a 25 to nothing win over the Patriots, a 45 to 7 win over the Browns. Uh, then we look at how they changed their whole game plan and, and ran the ball about 36, 46 times against the Bills. I thought this was a team that would do whatever it took to win. Um, obviously, I'm, I may have overreacted a little bit, uh, you know, now losing two games in a row, um, especially of what I thought was going to be a favorable matchup against the Colts. But, you know, I think we needed to, to calm ourselves down with our expectations of Mac Jones Granted, I, I think he's still going to be probably the favorite to win Rookie of the Year, but he's he's not Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady yet. He's not an elite quarterback yet, but it, it I think he showed over the season that he's got the potential to become that. 
you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a Tom Brady level, but I think he has a potential to be a top 10, top 15 quarterback in this league someday. Um, so, yeah, they're doing a lot better than I thought they did when they were on their winning streak. I definitely overreacted to how good they were. But moving on to this topic to a second down, there is another streaking team in the AFC East, and it's not the Buffalo Bills, as some people would have expected, but it's the Miami Dolphins, who at one point were one in seven. They've now won seven in a row. They are third in the AFC East, only one game back behind both New England and Buffalo. Are they for real? Like, could, could they realistically win this division or, or even just make a playoff spot? Uh, David, we'll start with you. Well, it's football. Anything's possible. Like we said, they started out one and seven, and then they somehow figured it out and have won seven in a row to go eight and seven right. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Tua doesn't have to worry about the, the fact that the team isn't looking for another quarterback at the moment. At the moment, yeah. Because I know that for a couple of weeks there, they were looking at, like, Deshaun Watson, possibly, uh, or other people. And I think that once the trade deadline passed and he kind of knew that he was the guy for the rest of the season, I think that they've improved drastically. And they finally put a system that worked with him. Okay. All right, John, what do you think? Uh, I don't think they're for real because I just think it's too premature. I don't see them winning the division. I don't see them being a wild card spot. I still think that the um, the two wild cards have come from the AFC North. So I know they got a good defense, and they they, they I mean they're they've been successful the last seven or eight games. I just I don't I mean when you say when you say things are they for real like what is that what are the expectations of, of being a real team is that winning a Super Bowl is that making the playoffs is that having a 500 record like what are the I standards think, of being for real I guess is what I, w- I would say a playoff team okay then no I don't I don't think so maybe they'll, they'll prove me wrong I just I, I think it's just a little bit too premature now if they were like in the NFC East uh, yeah, I would say, but in the, their division with New England, you got Buffalo. I uh, they, they might go eight and nine. You know, they may be around a five hundred team, maybe nine and eight. I just uh, I I don't see them winning the division. I don't see them being a, the, a, one of the wild cards. I think the wild cards are still going to come out of the AFC North. Okay, I I don't know because I don't I don't want to overreact to how I did with the Patriots earlier in the season. But the way that this team has been winning, I mean, their, their defense is, has been solid. Um, Tua hasn't been, you know, all world, but he's doing enough to win. And he's got, you know, he's got good weapons around him. Devontae Parker's a respectable wide receiver. And Jalen Waddle's looking like he's going to be an all pro um, in the years to come. I think they got a good core. I think, you know, the run that they've been on, maybe they're overachieving a little bit because, you know, they haven't really played that many great teams. I mean, they played the Jets twice, they played the Giants, and they played the Texans. And the and the Ravens, when they played them, weren't, you know, too unhealthy yet. Um, but they still had all their injuries. And they just beat a, a really depleted Saints team. So I, I think these next two games against the Titans and then to end the season against the Patriots will really tell us what this team is made out of. And if they can win, I think if they can beat the Patriots – 
And then I, I think that this team could be for real because we, we look at how tight the AFC playoff race is right now. You know, they, they got a leg up on a couple teams right now. And if they beat the Patriots, I think that just helps solidify their case. Moving on to topic three of second down, the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers have caught quite the injury bug as of late. Um, we know a couple of weeks ago that um, Chris Godwin was ruled out for the rest of the season. They got nine players on injured reserve right now. Um, they also have some of their top corners, their top linebacker, and also Mike Evans. Um, also still on the COVID list. We don't know if they'll be ready to play for this coming week. Are they in trouble? Or like, are all these injuries coming at just the worst time possible? No. Well, what do you think, John? They're not in trouble. I, uh, I think they have Tom Brady. I mean, he's, yeah, you know, I don't, I can't remember. It might've been 2016. They had the same issue with the Patriots. Gronk was hurt. Uh, Tom Brady said, oh, he's too old. I think if you have Tom Brady, you always have a chance. And I, I, I just don't think they're in trouble. Um, I just, and I, I think the really the only reason why they're not in trouble is because they have Tom Brady. I think as long as you have the him, you always have a chance. Um, so that's, you know, my take on it. I don't have to win the Super Bowl again this year, but I, I definitely think they're going to win their division. I definitely think they're in the playoff team. Um, but Tom Brady's done the same, has been the same exact, same exact scenarios before. And so some of those scenarios, they went on and won the Super Bowl. So I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't think because of the, because of the Tom Brady factor, I don't think the Bucks are in trouble. Okay. All right, David, what do you think? Yeah, I'm in the, the same boat with John there. He, we've seen him work with far less when he was still in New England. It's just a matter of, can the coaching staff set the kind of like the scheme to the players? And it goes back to the, the Bill Belichick factor of he was able to make his scheme fit the players or make the players fit the scheme. No matter yeah. how good, bad, or ugly they played on a previous team, it might have just been the fact that they were not in the proper system. So I think that it's not necessarily a Tom Brady matter as it is a coaching matter. Okay. So. I, I'm on the fence about this one. Um, obviously, we know the Tom Brady factor. As long as you have Tom Brady, you're never going to be completely ruled out. Um, but we look at where they have their injuries. You know, their, their secondary has been kind of depleted all season. Um, Sean Murphy bunting again is is ruled out or has been out, missed a, a couple games this year. Chris Godwin was a big blow. Leonard Fournette has been having the best season of his career. Um, they're hoping to have him back for the playoffs. And we don't know how long um, Mike Evans is going to be out. So if they if Mike Evans can come back and Leonard Fournette will be healthy for the playoffs, I think they'll they'll still be favored in a couple games. I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl, but I don't know. I, I see some of the injuries, the key injuries that they have to this defense. Um, you got Shaq Barrett's out. They have a couple players on their D line. Levante David's also out. Jason Pierre Paul, he's questionable. Um, I don't know. They get they got a lot of injuries in in some key places. So if they can come back healthy soon, then I think they'll be fine. But if there's severe injuries, I I don't see this team really doing much. But moving on to the final topic, a second down. Currently, there are four teams in the AFC North 
they can still win. I'm going to restart that because, of course, there's four teams in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, you can you can count there, Dom. <laughs> so moving on to the last topic, a second down. Currently, every team in the AFC North has a chance to win the division with two games left. Um, every team is within one game of each other, and this division has been a little disappointing in terms of how good the teams have been, but seeing how competitive and how close this race is this late in the season, I, I think it, it's fascinating to watch. Um, but who do you guys think will be standing at the top of the division at the end of the season? And will it just be one playoff team? Or do you think that they can still get multiple playoff teams um, out of this division? Well, we'll start with David. So I think that there will be two teams coming out of the AFC North. I think it's going to be either the Cincinnati Bengals or the Baltimore Ravens. I think that they've been really the most consistent out of all the teams. Mm -hmm. Their, Their quarterbacks have been to me, at least reliable for majority of the season, you're not going to have a quarterback that's going to come out, throw multiple in interceptions, throw multiple interceptions, mm-hmm. or have a quarterback that's in basically older or really old for the NFL with a lackluster offensive line. And they've really been the two teams that, have adjusted despite injuries, COVID. Like we saw at the beginning of the season, their literal depth for the – sorry, start over. For the Baltimore Ravens, we saw at the beginning of the season, their entire running back room tear their ACL pretty much. And they basically had to go out and get a new running back depth chart. That depth chart. There we go. <laughs> if I could speak English today. Um, but yeah, they're the two teams that probably have adjusted the most and have done it successfully with some hiccups here and there. But yeah, that for me, it's going to be two and it's going to be Cincinnati, Baltimore. Okay. John, what about you? I see the Ravens winning the division. You know, yeah. like they have a very banged up secondary. They have a very banged up secondary. But they got. I think they got probably the best quarterback in our division right now, um, and I, I I still think there's going to be two wild cards in the, the out of the AFC North. I think it's going to be Bengals and Steelers as a wild card, and I, I I just don't see the Browns being anything other than the last place and missing the playoffs. Okay, I think that's pretty fair. Um, personally, I think it's just going to be one team coming out of this division. I think it's going to be the Bengals. I think they're far and away the best team of the division this year. They're the most consistent. They have too many weapons on offense. And I think right now they're, they're one of, if not the healthiest team of the division, uh, the Ravens. Yeah. They were playing really well in the beginning of the season, but the injuries have caught up to them. They've added more injuries on top of what they've already had. Um, we know the Steelers shortcomings coming into the season. Um, they've done a lot better than I thought that they would. And I'll give them credit. I got to give credit where credit's due. I didn't think that they'd be seven, seven and one at this point, but I don't see them holding up in in the playoff race. And honestly, I don't think the Browns are going to win another game this season. I think they're going to finish, you know, a disappointing seven and 10 until they prove until Baker proves that he can go win a close game. Cause I think these next two games are going to be close. I I just have no faith in this team. Uh, This off the offense is bad. 
defense is is really good, but I don't see them winning anything. I think it's just going to be the Bengals, and I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs because you look at what they have on offense. They have they're the first team in, in NFL history to have a four thousand yard passer, a one thousand yard rusher, and two one thousand yard receivers, and they're all under twenty six. So I think this team is here Bang. now, and I think they're going to be they're going to be the team to beat in the division for the next couple of years. Moving on to third down, um, last week's game of the week was the Dolphins and the Saints. It was a, a pretty interesting game. I'm not going to lie; I had to Google who the Saints were starting at quarterback because I never heard of the guy. <laughs> um, Is it Tyson what Hill? Did you guys? No, um, no, he, he did not play. They hold on. Let me bring up the. Uh, the box Wasn't score it? here. They started Ian Book. Oh, who went, I have no idea who, who that 12, is. Yeah, he went 12 of 20 and had a QBR of 2.1 and a QB rating of 40.6. Um, so not a great game from him. It was it was his first NFL game. Um, but what what did you guys make of it? Did you learn anything from the game or, you know, was it kind of just, nah, it, it happened, kind of lost interest in it. But, John, what do you, what about you? You know, I, I thought I, obviously the Ravens, the Ravens, the Miami has a good defense. Um, I just, I don't know. It's like it's they, they beat the Saints who don't have really a quarterback right now. So I guess I just wasn't that impressed. Yeah. That's why, like, I don't know if the Dolphins are really for real. Um, so I don't know. It was like a. It was almost not man, not as bad. It was like when the Browns beat the Lions. Mm-hmm. I, I know, I know that sounds bad, trashing on the Lions, but I don't know. I just it was. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say. To be fair, That's you fair. weren't the only one that was trashing on the Lions. Yeah. Like, earlier in the season, I thought they'd be the first zero and seventeen team. So. Well, I think I was the only only person defending the Lions because they, they were close in every game. But that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> um, but, David, what, what did you take away from this game? This wasn't going to be an exciting game anyways. Is it's Yes, the Miami Dolphins are doing well. But like we said before, they're doing well against teams that they should be doing well against. It's like the yeah. Saints, as we said before, did. They played several games before that where the teams just aren't that good, like the New York Jets. So they're winning the games that they need to win, which I think is great for them. So that's all I really have to say on that. Yeah, I, I had, I had some interest in this game because um, in one fantasy league that I'm in, my semifinal matchup came down to my opponent having Jalen Waddle. So I. Uh, Ended up losing that matchup, but I had an interest in the game solely for that reason. Um, if it if it wasn't for that, honestly, I, I would not have cared about this game because um, I mean I look at besides Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki, I really don't know any player that caught a pass for the Dolphins. And besides Callaway and and Humphrey and Kenny Stills from from the Saints, I don't know any of these other guys that caught passes. Um, I didn't even know who Ian Book is. Looking at this game before the week, I was like, oh, that could be an interesting matchup. And then I see who was playing. I was like, are these replacement players? <laughs> but uh, overall, I like I, I didn't really learn anything from the game. I thought Miami did what they needed to do. I thought, you know, having not having a quarterback, they definitely should have been favored. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of just 
another monotonous game, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. hopefully some games next week are a little bit better. Fun little fact. Move- before, mm-hmm. we on, before we move on. Before we move on, fun little fact. The only reason I've heard of Ian Book is because I literally have a rookie card for him. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. He wants an older name? Only, huh? He wants an older name? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you, David, you're you're a new impromptu um, Ian Book expert. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally the only reason I've heard of him is because of a football card. Okay. All right. Well, you know more uh, NFL players than I do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to this next week, uh, we got a big game this week between the Browns and the Steelers. Um, I, I think we all have a rooting interest in this game being Browns fans, but it, it's a game that has a lot of playoff implications, both in the wild card and in the division. How do you guys kind of see this game playing out? Is it going to be close? Do you think it's going to be a blowout? And who do you see winning? Well, we'll start with John. Oh, boy. Uh, I think the Browns need to run the ball first. I think they need to play good defense, which I, I believe they can do. And I think if they do that effective, they can win. I think it's going to be a close game, though. Maybe by like three points or a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be a blowout for either one of the teams. I think it's going to be a competitive team, a competitive game. Now, obviously, if, if Baker throws multiple interceptions, then it could be a blowout. Um, but like I said, uh, considering consi- when they played, the Browns played the Packers, Considering they, 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 Baker threw four interceptions, they only lost by two. Browns only lost by two points against arguably probably the best team in the NFC, maybe even the NFL. And they were at Green Bay. So if they can take away those interceptions, we beat Green Bay, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think the defense, if the defense plays as well as it did last week against Green Bay, and Baker doesn't have the mistakes he does, he did, um, I, I see the Browns winning. But I, I think they need to run the ball, and I think they need to, uh, to play good defense. Plus, Nick Chubb just had a birthday, so maybe that'll put him in like a positive mindset. David, how do, you, how do you see this game shaking out? As much as I want the Browns to win, I think that the Steelers will probably take the lead and take the win for me, mainly because – well, yes, that was a close game against the Packers. The Steelers have had the Browns number of years. As long as we've been alive. Yeah. yeah. Not last year. I agree with you guys. I, I think the Steelers are going to take, take this one. Um, like I like I said earlier, until Baker proves that he can come up clutch in the fourth quarter, I don't, I don't see them winning this game. Uh, he's 0-5 in games where – that he had possession of the ball in the final drive. Um, so, he, and that's not a new issue this year. That's uh, his whole career so far. He, he hasn't performed in the fourth quarter. He doesn't come up when the team needs him. Um, you know, as, as much as I want to, like I want Baker to succeed because I'm a Browns fan, but he just, he just doesn't, uh, he disappears when the, when the spotlight's on him. And I don't know why, but Stefanski has a tendency to, just completely abandoned the run game. Uh, we look at how they how they were playing against the Packers. Nick Chubb was averaging almost what eight nine yards a carry. Uh, Dearness Johnson also had a couple big runs, 
that last drive up until they ended their up until the end of the game with five straight passes, Nick Chubb had three big runs that got like 15, almost 20 yards. And they were moving the ball down the field. And then they decided just you know, we're gonna pass the ball five straight, five straight times. And they were they just stalled. They couldn't do anything. It was the last three passes were incomplete, incomplete interception. So, I mean, it, I, I, I just don't know what it is with this team, but they, they can't win close games. Um, even when they were up big, big against the Ravens, you know, they're, they got Lamar out, you know, it hurt to see him go out of the game, but up against the backup quarterback, the backup quarterback made them look like fools. And they almost blew a big lead there. You know, they almost lost to the Lions. Yeah, and we look at the re- the rest of the games that they've lost recently: the sixteen to ten loss against the Ravens, the sixteen to fourteen loss against the Raiders, and then this last week against the the Packers. Yeah, they're in the games and they're competitive, but they they don't know how to overcome adversity and and win games. And until the Browns can prove that they can do that consistently, I don't, I don't see them winning, especially because these next two games are going to be close. They got the Steelers and the and the Bengals. I, I honestly don't see them winning either of those games. So after that little rant, <laughs> moving on to the moving on to our last topic, uh, the two point conversion. Um, what is one prediction that each of you guys have um, across football this week? It could be NCAA since we got the playoffs coming up. Uh, it could be NFL. Anything, John? What about you? What's your prediction? Well, um, I originally had my prediction of the Browns winning by three. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I think there will be some kind of standing ovation or some kind of ceremony for like the first couple minutes before the games honoring John Madden. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah, we got the news earlier today about um, the passing of John Madden. I mean, he's st- an absolute legend, you know, um, coaching and in the broadcast booth. I um, I also think he'll be on the cover of Madden this coming year. I don't know if that's I know that's not like a prediction for this week. It's more of a prediction for next year. But he'll, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'd probably bet he'll be on the cover of Madden just yeah, because. He, I mean, the guys they named him. They named the game after him. The fact that he's passed, he'll be on the cover. I'd like yeah. to see him back in the broadcast booth for the game. <laughs> I would too. I that would be neat. I, don't I would know like how that. Going to pull that one, but. I think well, at least like, they could like uh, record his voice or something in the game. I don't know if they'll, they'll show him. Right. My prediction for this week, um, I'm going to go away from the NFL here. I'm going to go with the college football playoffs. I think Cincinnati upsets Alabama and just completely shocks the end of the, the football world. Um, pulling off I, would be one of the, the greatest upsets in college football history, but I would love to see that. I would love to see yeah. it too. And, you know, taking, you know, my, my bandwagon fandom of Cincinnati out of it. I think they're, they're a solid team. They're, they're really good defensively. Um, you know, Desmond Ritter has been one of the better quarterbacks in college football all season. I think the teams match up well, you know, I could see this game coming down to the wire, but I'm, I'm going to go with a bold prediction and, and, and say Cincinnati shocks the world here. All right, so moving on to the final topic of the show is the much-loved trivia question. So the trivia question for this week is, what is the shortest kick ever missed by an NFL kicker? Whenever you have an answer, just go ahead and shout it out. We're looking for distance in terms of yards. Is it, what if we get close to it? Does that count, or does it have to be like an exact yeah, number? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll 
we'll award the uh, the the winner of this question to whoever comes closest to the answer. Okay. Take a shot in the dark and say ten yards out. All right, John, you gotta you gotta guess. I could. I probably wrong. I think it might be a negative number, like negative five yards or something. First, I'd like how how is that possible? Like if it kicks and it goes backwards somehow, I don't know. And I, I don't know about like football physics, but you never hold, hold on. We'll, we'll quit. To kind of prove my concept, this was high school football. My freshman year in high school football, our quarterback went out and we had a guy, I won't say his name because I'll probably listen to this podcast and I want to kill me later on. So I won't say his name, but he had a punt. He punted the ball and the ball went backwards. I hope that that takes a lot of talent. I, I give him so, credit for. So being I could see, player. I could see a kick going backwards. Okay. Well, so well, that's like negative. I'm gonna say like negative five yards. All right. Well, looking at the at the difference here, um, David is the is the winner of this question. Um, it wasn't an exact number. So the the shortest field goal ever missed by an NFL kicker was a six yard field goal ah, missed okay. by Don Krakow. Six yard field goal. So um, this was back when the goal post was at the goal line, because uh, we know now it's at the back of the end zone, so it's ten yards farther back. Um, but back in the day, the goal post used to be at the goal line. So if you were standing at the forty, it was a forty yard field goal and whatnot. So this man missed a kick from the six yard line. That you almost have to try to miss that bad. Like that. I I don't know what year this happened, but. Man, uh, we, we complain about kickers today, but I, I feel like from six yards out, you know, they'd be pretty much damn near 100%. Instead of like the like the soccer style kick, didn't they do like a drop kick style back then too? Mm-hmm. Um, no, field goal kickers used to go straight ahead. Yeah. So instead of being angled and doing like a soccer style kick, a lot of them, it was, it was just standard just to run straight up at the ball. Yeah. yeah, some of them like, but back way back when, some of them he wore shoes. They were just bare feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know what era that was. I'd have to look it up. But um, yeah, they just they they would just not wear cleats. They would just have their bare foot and they kick the ball. So I can. <laughs> so I can looking see it. more into the so. uh, well, looking more into the career of Don Krakow. We're gonna, we're going to do another trivia question here, just just for fun. Um, just because I think it'd be funny. Um, what team did he play for? Uh, okay, question. What era was this? What era are we looking at? Late 60s, early 70s. Okay. Well, uh, so late 60s into the 70s. I'm going to say okay. the Houston Oilers. Nope. John, you got a guess? <sighs> the Jets? Nope. He, uh... played for, he played for our beloved Cleveland Browns. Oh, that was my second guess. <laughs> Hold on, why? Well, why did I get, why did was, I guess uh, the Jets? I don't know, but of course, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I guess uh, the reason I didn't think that, much of that, is because the Browns were so dominant for a while there. So yeah, but even back then, setting records that teams really don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> but that that pretty much wraps up the episode that uh, we have planned for tonight. Uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on as always, always a good time, but thank mm. you guys for listening. As always, we are deep dive sports. Hey everyone. 
Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.